Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Everton Fan Focus podcast with myself, Mark Finnegan and Mark Ellis. Hello. In this week's episode, we're going to be looking back at the Stoke defeat, the Arsenal defeat and looking ahead to the Dynamo Kiev tie at Goodison Park on Thursday and also the Newcastle Premier League game on Sunday at Goodison Park. So, Mark, it's been a few days since Everton last played. Well, not quite a week. Yeah. But how's, how's your mood after after two defeats in such a short space of time? Well, first of all, it was great to have a weekend where there was no stress whatsoever. That was grew a few hairs back. That was nice to have. <laughs> but to be honest, uh, last week was as low as I've ever felt uh, supporting Everton. That, that, that says a lot, really, considering some of the teams we've watched over the years. But... Arsenal defeat was expected. We know we don't, you know, we did well last season there, but we don't really do well at, at the Emirates. Um, but the Stoke defeat really sort of hammered home just how much trouble we're in the season. I just thought, you know, it was a game where we could have uh, put a few fears to bed and all that, but it was just a game that confirmed our fears more than anything. I thought it was gut wrenching that defeat at Stoke. Yeah, talk about getting off to a, a happy start there, eh, Mark. <laughs> um, well, obviously, the, the games had similarities. We'll, we'll touch on the Stoke game as, as we go yeah. on, but the Arsenal game, it, it does feel like quite a while ago, really. Thankfully, trying to put these uh, defeats to the back of our, our minds, yeah. really. Um, having a weekend off will help that. But the Arsenal game, we probably did control possession for large periods, didn't we? Which is always a tough thing to do at the Emirates. But I thought last season... 
we we probably we outdone them in more yeah. ways than one, didn't we? There, Absolutely. this season we may have had a bit more of the ball, but ultimately we lost the game, and I thought we lost it in quite comfortable fashion. It was ridiculous given the amount of possession we had, but that was the difference between last season and this season. We we were fantastic on the first half, especially at the end of last season, where we had loads of possession, but we were menacing and intentful with it. This season, I thought loads of possession but it was the sole purpose of stopping Arsenal from playing we weren't looking to do anything going forward thought we should have had we could have had 10% possession and attacked them yeah. but, you know rather than boring everyone to tears knocking it between the, the midfield and the back four just I don't know what we were doing Apart from probably a, la- a couple of lively periods of possession, there wasn't much to too no. much to shout about. And similarly to the Stoke game, um, in terms of the timings of the goal, I think it was just before the forty-minute mark. Uh, Giroud scored from a corner, didn't he? Yeah. And I think our defensive uh, just performance well, as a whole has come under fire this season. But from set plays, it doesn't seem to be getting any better, does it? No, I mean, too, there was no one on the on both goal lines. No, I'm sorry, on both posts. So when when do you ever see that? I mean, that was, again, Howard's fault, if you ask me. There should have been two players. A fella on the line would have stopped that goal. Chile done well getting in front of Stones to, to knock it in. But, I mean, you know, again, we're left, we're left. That is a totally preventable goal if we do our jobs properly at the back. And then, obviously, the heads go down just before half-time. Yeah. We've had comfortable bits of possession um, without looking any, any sort of putting any fear in Arsenal or, yeah. or you know, quieting the crowd. We then find ourselves a goal behind. We haven't really created much and next thing you know, we've only got another 45 minutes to put it right. It's been so often the case, hasn't it, this season? Yeah, where well, we're just sort of playing catch-up on our own. Um, it's the way we're setting up to start these games is not giving us a chance in any of them to sort of make our mark early doors. So then, like you say, like the whole league season in a microcosm, we're catching up in game time as well as everything else. It was just We just don't give ourselves enough of a chance with the way we're setting up. Yeah. We need to be doing more. Well, I mean, with the team actually physically the line-up, um, he stuck with Morales and Barkley for the trip to the Emirates. Yeah. Um, Barry came into the midfield, uh, James McCarthy. There was no Darren Gibson. Now, I think a few were maybe surprised. He is coming back from injury. Yeah. Um, but he'd he done well against uh, young boys, didn't he? Let's be honest, he had a hand in, a, in, in, a, in more than one of the goals. Um, and I thought his distribution was great. So to see him then just push back to the bench was a bit disappointing, really. Maybe it would have had more of an effect against Arsenal. But um, he was on yeah. the bench. He didn't come on until later on. Um, Bezic got a start as well in the second half. It was much of the same, wasn't it? You know, we we, we probably probably improved second half, yeah. I would say. Um, but without really looking too dangerous, Lukaku had that chance, didn't he? He did. It was a good sh- uh, shot on the turn and Osbina done well to, to tip it over. I thought we started quite decent at the start of the second half. Um, Garber put a couple of great balls in and that sort of underlined just how sort of scandalously underused he's been all season long. He's got great quality on the ball. and We started okay, yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular but it was marked on the first half where we sort of I don't know what we were doing first half, it was just keep balling our own half, that was it. Yeah. Um, but you know, like you say, there was always, Arsenal, I felt always could go up another gear if we had got level at any point. Well, they've, they've, really got play, they've got players who can hurt you, yeah. and they've always had players who can hurt you, and I know Arsenal fans are quite divided over over Wenger, but say, say what you want about Arsenal, they, they do, they, do yeah. they blow out and cold, but they're always there or thereabouts at the end of the season. You know, look at them now, they're doing well in the league. Yeah. They're, um, they've just beat United in the, in the FA Cup. 
they, they, they beat us without really going into second gear. Um, they, they've got those players that will hurt the opposition, whereas we haven't. We might have the players who are now packing the midfield and, and passing it round between midfield, defence, yeah. goalkeeper. And it all makes great reading on the statistics, but ultimately you're punished if you don't put the ball in the back of the net. Unfortunately, Lukaku done it, didn't, couldn't do that with our probably yeah. best chance of the game. And although there were some late changes, um, Rasicki obviously got a late winner. Um, on those late changes, Gibson and Naismith came on. Aaron Lennon came on for um, Morales. Yeah. I don't know about you, Mark, but I thought Aaron Lennon done more in, was it 20 minutes? Yeah. Than Morales, or maybe even 10 minutes than Morales had done all game. He just he just looked to go at the opposition, which is what you want from your wingers. But the, which is what you expect from your wingers as well. You know, Morales just, I don't know, he's was at the sulk on all game by the look. His head's elsewhere, isn't it? Let's Absolutely. be honest. I think it's, I don't know whether it's, it led up to that penalty with Baines that he took it off him or it's because of that penalty that he, he took off Baines and missed. He's, his body language has been poor for a long time now, Morales. I think he's, he looks nailed on to be leaving in the summer, doesn't he? He just looks like he's passing the time, yeah. doesn't he? Let's be Probably honest. He's not, he's not going to go above and beyond now if he knows in the back of his mind that he's leaving. But yeah. he was just one player, obviously, collectively... I thought we were defeated with a bit of a whimper. Yeah. Um, there was no cutting edge. We always look likely to concede, especially especially if, um, anything from set pieces or yeah. any sort of attempt at Tim Howard. Um, <laughs> He's just got no presence in goal anymore, has he? It's just people fancy themselves from anywhere against them. Well, you would, though, again, playing against Everton, though, yeah. now, wouldn't you? You'd fancy anything. You'd fancy having a pop. Managers must be coming, like uh, Newcastle will come on Sunday and they'll say, test that keeper, yeah. test that defence, you know, be physical when you get set pieces. Because at the end of the day, time and time again this season, uh, teams have got results against us by doing that. Absolutely, definitely. I thought there was, a, I don't know, Zicky's goal summed up our season for me, to be honest with you, because it did look like Howard, if it isn't too much of a leap of faith, would have saved that shot because he was going. And then, you know, it just bounced off Jagielka. And over Tim Howard, we would have covered it. I just and the look on Jack Yelke and Howard's faces at that moment pretty much summed up Evertonians feelings this entire season. Definitely, definitely. I mean, some may say there's no shame in going to Arsenal and getting beat, but at the end of the day, we we're looking for a little bit of a positive. Even yeah. a nil, even if you nick a nil nil there, it's a it's a clean sheet, builds a bit of form. But again, it's gone out the window. Just just like when we we faced Chelsea and we'd drawn a few games, beat Palace, yeah. a couple of clean sheets, um, get beat by Chelsea, and you're back to square one. It's the similar sort of situ- scenario. Yeah. We beat Wolves. Wolves. Um, keep saying Wolfsburg. We have beat them home and away. <laughs> Young boys home and away. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Leicester game we didn't get beat, although we could have done with the victory. That I did defeat that game. So you think, yeah, bit of form. Yeah. Can we take it to Arsenal and, and try and build on it? But no, we can't. And then following that, before we've even got time to sulk about the Arsenal result, we faced Stoke, didn't we? we faced Stoke, and because. You know, they say Arsenal was tough away and we didn't expect to get anything, but our situation now is demanding that we do pick up results in these situations, you know. Just think a little bit more, you know, we're not always going to win with the quality of other teams, but a little bit more fight. And at Stoke City, if ever a response was needed in the first half, and I just thought, once again, we were all set up, I don't know. There was a total lack of intent. Once again, the game was absolutely dire in the first half, I thought. Um, Really disappointing again, but there's no doesn't seem to be any kind of determination to turn this round as it seems on the pitch. At the yeah. Well, there was changes for the game. 
Darren yeah. Gibson, who I mentioned before, came into the midfield, but it, it just looked like we were just packing that defensive midfield department because we expected some sort of battle with Stoke. But I think we all know there's a little bit more to Stoke now. I mean, yeah. the league table doesn't lie. They used to be tagged with this physical team, you know, horrible to play against, and yet they've still got a bit of snideness about them. But we could do with a bit of that snideness, to be honest. I'm not yeah. saying we want to play like the Stoke way, but we could do with that bit of ruggedness and, you know, being able to adapt and pressurising teams yeah. and bullying teams when they come to Goodison and that that's something we've lacked um, yeah. obviously it's not in the Martinez like mindset to be physical and take a different approach but I think going to places like that obviously he's packed the midfield Lennon got a start Yeah, I think he was probably one positive would you say Definitely. Naismith's position I mean God help the lad he tries his hardest but where, you know where is he playing there's no depth there's no defined role for him. The the way he was playing on on Wednesday, he wasn't. I don't know what he was doing. He wasn't breaking beyond. He wasn't holding. He wasn't doing. He was just sort of drifting in the midfield. Um, I don't know what Nation's had come under a bit of stick lately, hasn't he? And I think um, fans are just seeing. They're not seeing anything concrete from him either way. You know, it's just he's just sort of going through the motions like the rest. There's nothing. He's not putting. Not bringing anything to the table the last couple of games. I think I it's just all. It's it's become just a battle, hasn't it? For some of them, yeah. like I, I noticed, Naismith and McCarthy throwing himself in a few times against Stoke, but they were way out of position, and I don't know yeah. what position they were in at sometimes. But you just think they're the sort of lads who will give you blood and thunder, but really. Yeah. You know, if it's it means right in the right place, though. Yeah, if it know. means throwing yeah. Naismith up front, though, for his attitude and keeping his place in the team, throw him up, up front alongside yeah. Lukaku. Then, if Lukaku doesn't want the physical aerial battle, Stephen Naismith for a little fella, he doesn't half get up there, doesn't he? With well, some of the biggest, not half. He'll win more than his fair share, and it's, it's probably a good shout actually to, to to put him up there with Lukaku. Just he does his. I did say a couple of weeks back, he does his best work behind the striker, and I believe that. But I just think, like you say, we're in such a malaise right now. I don't think we can afford to sort of carry him in that position. We need to find we need players in the right positions doing what they do best. Well, it's a, we've we've talked about it before, though, haven't we? Accommodating it tends to be Barkley or Naismith who get accommodated for, and yeah, they're all they're both great players in their own right. Very different players, but um, again, it's it's trying to find that balance in the side, and it's something what we've we've he's stubbornly stuck with, yeah. um, not finding those positions and. Sticking with the lone striker, sticking with the two uh, defensive mids. Uh, but against Stoke, it was like we had three defensive mids. We had Lennon on the right, Lukaku up front, and Naismith just basically has a roam, a roamer. Like, or, yeah. So the, that means that Garbot hasn't got any support down the left. No. Although I thought Garbot done all right. When he does get in the positions, he's got a useful left foot, hasn't he? He's not half, yeah. But it's like, you know, I just think this this obsession with trying to accommodate the, the number 10s in the side has to stop sooner after later. I think that's, along with that goalkeeping issue, probably one of our biggest problems. Because, I, I don't know, I just think we need to strip back to the basics now. We have to, you know, Mike Bass has got to play 4-4-2, maybe. <laughs> I know that's old school, right, but I don't see a way out of this, playing number 10s all the while. With a flat back four. Totally. Get <laughs> flat back four. Yeah, let's go back to the 80s. But no, I think, like, we need... Pace on the wings, and I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Coney and Lukaku start. To be honest with you, against Newcastle, or even you know, to be honest, against Kiev as well. But I, 
he just doesn't keep the same team, does he, for the Europa or the Premier League? So. No, I mean, I don't think anyone's predicted a, a, a team all season. After everyone does the best on Twitter and that, and yeah. like, oh, this is the starting lineup I play. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll actually like the look of that. But then what comes out on the team sheet an hour before the game is something that you would never foresee. It's, it's a bit, it, it is yeah. tough to predict, but he made changes for the Stoke game. Um, I thought it had a similar theme to the Arsenal game yeah, yeah tidy in possession I thought maybe looked a bit sloppy down the middle from the off Barry looked um, I mean lost again he looked out of his depth yeah I, I, I thought him against Charlie Adam it was like two fat kids chasing a jack, <laughs> jack potato or something around <laughs> the pitch but he, cl- he clipped someone in the first minute and I thought well there you go that's what that's what we're going to get from you, Barry. And he got booked, and now he's out for two games. It was inevitable, really, from the off. You could see yeah. there was sloppy play from him. There was sloppy play from others. Um, it was much of the same. Yeah, we'll 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 have possession, but at the end of the day, Stoke still can't bother Daddy because they know within within an instance they can throw a ball over and and yeah. get a goal. And ultimately, that's what they did. They did. They can compete. You know, again, it didn't take much for them to score past us. Um, Barry, I thought, again, in the first half, was just, I don't know, it's just, it's it's a decision to play and that's the same as Howard for me, it's absolutely negligent the way, how Martinez can see that these players can sort of contribute anything, you know, in the middle of the park, when we desperately need points, you know, we need, we can't be affording players to be off the pace or to be struggling against opposition such as Stoke. Um, that's no disrespect to Stoke, like, but you know, Gareth Barry's used to performing uh, against a lot higher opposition. You know, I remember his debut against Chelsea. Um, I know that's harking back a little bit, but I don't know. I just don't think playing Gareth Barry uh, is, is doing us any favours. He's just completely off the pace. I think he's just leaving him in there for his experience and his um, his status. Possibly, and, yeah. and, and a lot of people have said that about Tim Howard, but I mean. We've, we've waffled on about those yeah. two players an awful lot in recent months yeah. um, we try not to c- completely focus on them but I do agree with you Mark I, I think the Barry decision it, it did sh- a bit of an upturn in results um, I thought especially away at Young Boys he'd he done well there yeah. a couple of other league games but overall I think from what we've seen from Barry it's, like, it's a shadow of last season isn't it whether that's because he's a year older I don't know or because he's got his contract now, who knows? Um, but obviously, <laughs> yeah. there was a bit of a run in with Phil Bardley on the right hand side. McCarthy, Garbutt went flying in, bit of a handbags really. And then yeah. a minute later, Bardley gets all the time in the world to float a ball over. And um, you know, who else is going to score? He had a, a Liverpool. Is, it, is he on loan <laughs> or is he ex Liverpool? Ex Liverpool. Is he signed for them now? Yeah, sure. I think so. He yeah. rises. Jagiel was obviously nowhere, so he, he should be coming to deal with yeah. that. And then Howard, as we, we've just mentioned, you can't say a sentence without criticising Tim no. Howard, can you? He comes up almost every critical point of the season is to do with Tim Howard, I don't know. But that, that header mark, yeah. come on. I think he, he would have been better standing still. Absolutely. 20 games out of 20. If you're not playing against any other goalkeeper, I don't wish to go on about Tim Howard all podcast, I really don't. But, you know, I think most keepers in the Premier League would have stopped that, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, I, I just, just think the goal was so poor. It just said everything about us. It the, reeked you know, of Everton, didn't it? It reeked of Everton. It was like, you know, not there was not enough sure the old would have got rid of that Everton uh, smell <laughs> from that goal. It was just, like you say, an incredibly poor goal to give away and a goal that was massively preventable. Um, I don't know, it seemed to go in on, on, in slow motion. It and it was just like, yeah. And how would dive in even slower motion? Exactly. I mean, that was... <laughs> 
that was just on the ha- just after the half hour mark and again I, I, I similar sort of feeling to the Arsenal game watching it thinking yeah. oh you know we've got past the, the initial 20 minutes and they always say that's a crucial stage in any yeah. game but then getting past the half hour mark and then getting to half time is another is a, is a different scenario and both occasions we couldn't get to half time and put any sort of pos- positive possession into anything concrete and we find ourselves a goal behind so automatically the team talk at half time is different yeah. we're then chasing a game the game plan's different the substitutions that's going through the manager's head it wasn't great was no. it but I agree it probably did sum us up um, spe- especially um, the manner in which the goal was conceded definitely the problem with Alan you know I don't Okay, really, it looks the same setup that we're doing all the time, and it's this possession football and both teams to death with it, and then maybe next something I don't know, maybe that's the plan. But the problem with then is that because we are so susceptible to conceding goals, then we we don't we don't just have to change, you know, we have to change mindset as well as everything. These players are now being told to sort of, you know, occupy the ball and occupy the crease, if you will, but we're not hitting many fours, so it's like. I don't know, we can't just, we're not that good enough at the moment to just click a switch at our time and go, okay, we'll change plans, we'll, we'll start attacking, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll switch. And we're not that good enough, we need to no. be starting on the front foot to give us the best chance, yeah. in my opinion. Rather than waiting, because at the yeah. end of the day, it's a dangerous game. And, and then being, teams are hitting us on the counter. Yeah, we'll continue, to, we'll look at, look at the Leicester game, I think, yeah. you know, we the, probably the last podcast was, was after the Leicester game, wasn't it? Yeah. The last league podcast, shall we say, the Europa one. Was fantastic, really, because yeah. we, we all know how good we're doing in that. But it just seemed a continuation of the, of the I don't know, the stench that surrounds our performances and results. Yeah. And um, obviously, the the more and more of these defeats and conceding goals, we're now looking at the league table, and I think within the past ten days, it's become ever more apparent to a lot of our fans the seriousness of the situation. No, I totally agree. I think the Stoke game was really the one that the sort of uh, the straw that broke the camel's back on that one. It was we're getting nearer to May and we're not getting any further away from the relegations on. That's what keeps sort of registering with me. We're getting far too close to for comfort with sailing, pretty much in the wind now, let alone close to it. Um, you know, there's only so much games we can say, oh, we'll turn it around. Next game, it's going to come right down to it where we're in. A sort of Wimbledon '94 situation in no time if we don't snap out of this quickly. Yeah, it's just you look down the list of fixtures, which we'll read, we'll look at more detail later, and you just you just hope, don't you? You hope and pray, and everyone said, yeah, oh, there's worse sides in the league, but the, the thing is, we've got to play some of these worse, so-called worse sides, and yeah, we're one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we are, we are. There's no denying yeah. it, Mark. But I, I, I will be openly honest, and I've been thinking it's been coming since that Southampton game in December. Yeah. Um, and I've just felt it we've been on a downward spiral, and I've tried to take the heart from the City game, the West Ham results in the cup, and what have you. Yeah. And the Palace victory and our performances in Europe. I have. They are the positives. But you know we're taking positives from from draws at the end of the day, yeah. and we nicked a one 0 win at Palace, which was a great result in the context of things. But I, I I find it really hard now, and it's probably good that we we give it a few days, otherwise we would have been <laughs> would have been sitting here with a crate and a <laughs> I don't know a pack of the knives or something after that Stoke game. <laughs> Not half, uh, yeah, it's good to let it die down. But like you say, there's no our highs haven't even been. 
you know, the same level of highs as what another team. We just haven't got any kind of run going at all where we've been able to sort of get enthusiastic about the league campaign. So I've never known a season as bad as this, to be honest. We've probably had 10 more than I can. But right now, in the current sort of climate, it's it's absolutely miserable to be supporting the Everton, and I'd much rather be happy about it than it is, sad. It is tough, and obviously there's a lot of negatives. The positives probably from them two games, Mark. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but we, I do know about you because you praised them a lot before, but Luke Garbutt. Yeah. Um, Baines is obviously still carrying an injury. Luke's come through, and a lot of people have been calling for him to get more of a chance on numerous occasions this season. It seems to me like... Everton are managing him the way they want to manage him and, yeah. and the man uh, Roberto said that himself. The rumours about his contracts I think are being put to bed now he is going to sign with Everton. Um, yeah. But he's obviously the successor for Baines but to, to be honest in them couple of games he's, Baines isn't, isn't going to be you know we're not going to protect Baines he's been, he's been so consistent over the years but he has I think by his own admission he'd probably say he's underperformed this season and he's not the only one no, you've got someone else who's coming in there banging out the door. Brilliant. I mean, but Garbage's been... I don't think he's let us down all season long, to be honest with you. I know that's like sounding dramatic and all that, but he's got great quality. There's people who sort of happy to write him off because he's only played a handful of games, but you only got to see him play for 10 minutes to see if he's got quality or anything. Luke Garbage's been, been one of the shining lights all season. He's got a uh, great set of pace, fantastic quality on the ball. Like you say, he's done a better job than Baines this season. For, for me, frankly, Baines' levels have dropped alarmingly since last season. I don't mean that. And and same goes for Coleman on the other side. And I know he's coming back into it at the moment. But uh, for me, Baines has uh, been... He sort of escaped criticism a little bit, Baines, doesn't he? There's not yeah. been much flat towards his way. But Garber knocking on the door, I would say it should be... You know, he's been that good. You know, to get to a situation where Baines is knocking on the door to get. But this is it. I mean, when Garbo's come in, he's done well. Yeah. Oviedo, where young boys, although he came off injured, remember? Yeah. Remember how how well he performed? I mean, they were all on fire that they were all on fire that night over there in Bern. But Oviedo, so that just shows the strength and depth. But uh, could we find ourselves in the same scenario as when Robles came out the side? Now, I am not for one minute saying, yeah, all right. Two games. I know Garbutt's played more than two games, but two games in succession there, being a, such a positive, he, he automatically then needs to keep his place in the side against Newcastle because at the end of the day, Baines is a, is a, a class left back and he's been yeah. almost world class for Everton the past few years. But we probably you, you will get a few fans um, who'll, who'll say that's a bad decision if he if Garbutt comes out the side like Robles. I know the situations. Are, a difference yeah. because of experience, time at club, ages and things. But really, you know, that that decision could again bring more criticism on Martinez on Sunday. Baines could come back in. He could still be outside lines. Who knows? But yeah, I think whatever happens, we 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 all know the success is going to be long term, don't we? Definitely, he's got a tough decision to make, man. As if Baines is fit for that, because you're right, you can get stuck either way. I can see the argument for Baines coming back in. Of course, he's a fantastic player. He's a great left back. His levels, like I said, have dropped off this season. But then, you know, what are we doing to other players' confidence when we're taking them out? I mean, especially Garber, whose best game was against Newcastle last season. I think that's worth knowing. Sorry, this season. Um, again, you know, do we want to be taking players out? We don't have many players in form. Do we want to be taking them form players out of the team? That's it. And I think with two games in quick succession, again, decisions will be made. The likes yeah. of Lennon, Morales will be swapped. 
central midfield have got less options because Barry's suspended. But you might probably see Garbutt start against Kiev yeah. and Baines if he's fit to come back in against Newcastle. But definitely, I think, for all the negatives, Mark, yeah, but then we both agreed that he's one for the future, but one for the one for the current as well. Yeah. Absolutely, only going to get better the more games yeah. he plays. Definitely, yeah. and he's a, he's obviously a local lad. Yeah, um, he seems quite grounded, and he's got a great, great left foot on him. I don't think I've seen a left foot like that for years. Going back to the Hinchcliffe days, Garbutt's uh, left foot pinpoint crosses from them corners, isn't it? Fantastic. Um, yeah. the positives really, it's it is difficult. We found ourselves trying to do this, pick positives from yeah. from defeats and. But ultimately, we, we've got to try and look for a bit of hope at least. Yeah. Osman and uh, Aruna Kone come on after the hour mark at the Britannia Stadium. Mark, what did you make of their contribution? Thought they were just up. We just looked a better team instantly with uh, Osman and, and Kone on the pitch. And I thought I'd see the day where I'd be crying for Leon Osman to come back into the team. But it's sort of reached that level now where we need, we do need uh, a bit of reassurance, a bit of uh, experience in the middle there. Um, Osman was great when he came on I thought yeah he just dictated the play he used to, just this, he's got a now sub that, that sort of creates space doesn't he when he's on form and Coney looks like he's done to be fair all season if you ask me since his, yeah. in, since his injuries cleared up don't think he's had half the chances he should have done uh, he started against Newcastle away scored and then didn't never saw him again start I just think Conley's looked decent for me ever since he came back. He's looked okay. He's just, he he, he, he certainly looks fit, doesn't he? I yeah. mean, and he's physical as well. That's what I like. I've, yeah. I've never, th- I never thought saw him as one of them sort of physical players. But he's not afraid to shrug someone off on the turn and have a go. I mean, he'd done that against Stoke. Probably yeah. carved out our best opportunity, didn't he? Later on, he did. Yeah, and Stoke got pulled out of their comfort zone t- instantly when he came on. I thought it was far too easy to deal with uh, before that. Um, the system we're not sort of getting players forward but when Coney and Osman came on you could see Stoke were, knew they were in game then from that moment on well I, I agree with you about Osman I think he, he has that ability to, to push the ball forward to keep the ball I think him and Pina we've relied on them an awful lot over yeah. the years when the ball's in the final third or in the opposition half it, it only goes one way it sticks with them or it goes forward and I like their, yeah. their intricacy and their passing and we have lacked that. For yeah. all Osman's criticism, I think, to be honest, he's the sort of lad you need in a team ahead of the likes of Morales, the likes of McGeady. You know, yeah. Lennon, I think, has got a point to prove. He'll probably do, he's done well, I think, Lennon, since he's arrived. Needs that he's, sort of signature performance, doesn't he, where, it's, where yeah. people say, oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's ready yeah, to go. Now. He's arrived yeah. sort of thing. But I would definitely... Um, I would have Osman and even like Sapinar if he comes back just for the reliability and um, the creativity in the offensive third and making the ball stick because we, we there's been an over-reliance on pump it to Lukaku not even on the on, on yeah. in the air on the ground Lukaku hasn't got the best touch he'll admit that with his chest with his head with his foot when he's got his back to goal um, he's the powerful striker you want running the other way whereas if we haven't got the likes of Pienaar and Osman in the side, you're relying on the likes of Barkley, who's been in and out the side. We all yeah. know about his form. The likes of Morales, who, <laughs> let's be honest, he turns up when he wants, doesn't he? Once he's had his hair cut. <laughs> and, um, yeah. it's, we have missed him. And I think only that. Yeah, Osman's come in for criticism, but in the, in the past, and he's become a bit of a scapegoat, but who hasn't in that side? I yeah. think we, we said it on one of the other podcasts, we named a full squad, didn't we? They've all come in for it. I think what PNR and Osman do, uh, when they're at their best, it's got to be said, you know, I can't just sit here and say this is what they're going to bring, because I have been 
critical of in both the seasons, to be honest. Um, but when PR's on it and the ball does stick, you're right. But it gives us the offer, sort of the a level of performance that's neither sort of great or. Do you know what I mean? It's a level that you can stick to and build on. Whereas yeah. Morales can go missing for weeks on end. That's um, it. And turn up for 10 minutes, put one in the top corner, and that's it. Well, that's it. It's, yeah, it does have no level him out with Morales whatsoever, you know. No. He has real ability, Morales, but yeah. I think with, with these players returning, it is timely because, especially because we're still in Europe, you have to think about that. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna tinker with the side, there's no denying that. Um, he's done it throughout the season. With you know, We've still got injuries, Oviedo's injured, Baines is injured, Barry's suspended. Yeah. So it, it carries on right through, doesn't it? You know what I mean? You've got players coming back. Osman played for the under-21s, didn't he, the day yeah. after he played against Stoke. And I thought they were probably two positives. Um, Definitely. From the game. Obviously, there was the late. We conceded again late on, and it had echoes of the Arsenal game. If we were pushing forward, and then youth scores that yeah. goal that came back off the post, and it was just sucked the life out of us. But we have to try and look and see what, what sort of lineup we'll see this Thursday and this Sunday, and whether we can finally, with 10 games to go, see some sort of reaction. Turn our season around. There's a lot, there's, to be honest, on, on Twitter, there's a lot of um, positivity about this week. Um, Evertonians think we maybe turned the corner. I don't know where they get. Is that because we haven't had a game? I think so. I think because we didn't lose at the weekend. Because we, we everyone's sucked. being just chilling out, yeah, for once. But I think, uh, yeah, everyone's had a beer and mellowed out, and now we've got the optimism back. Um, wouldn't it be great just to see? I, I, to be honest with you, I would much prefer to be playing Newcastle first get a victory and then we can enjoy Kiev like we have not been able to enjoy Europa we have when it's been the game but you know not really not not really it's good it's etched in the back of your mind though is it the league form it's just like you know we just can never do it with Everton we can never marry the two and have just one happy experience we have to have one major worry balanced out with one positive so it's like if we you know if we could have played Newcastle first got a win then you know great but that's not Everton of course so all we can hope is that Everton turn up Put on a good show. They're a great side. Key of what they're doing in uh, Ukraine, um, and then we can take that confidence into Sunday. But that's all we can hope. We haven't seen it all season. So basically, we'll smash Kiev five 0 <laughs> and then on Sunday the sun will be shining on County Road, and we'll beat Newcastle. And the next thing, it's all rosy back in the Everton Garden. So absolutely happy hour. <laughs> who, who knows? But I think yeah, it's probably. It probably was a good decision to postpone this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> to be a laughter in your voice, like Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but um, after the game, Roberto actually said um, he, some of his comments this season have wound, wound us Evertonians up. Yeah. We're going to listen to what he had to say after the Stoke game. You probably scratch your head at some of the things as you usually do with Roberto. <laughs> but um, he, he said about having the break from playing and hopefully coming back refreshed for the European and you have to agree with them there. Hopefully, we are refreshed. Yeah. A couple of players coming back, and you know we'll we'll see. And Everton that wants to win in the next the next two fixtures and for the remainder of the season. So, this was Roberto talking after the defeat at the Britannia Stadium. When it wants to work. <laughs> oh, hang on. We'll come back to it in a minute. Sorry, bit of a technical difficulty there. Um, but it was. He, he basically said, like, because we're we're not playing this weekend, um, 
will hopefully come back refreshed for the, the European game. You'd like to think so, though, Mark, wouldn't you? Because we've looked a completely different side in Europe anyway, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's just like, it's, like I've said all season, it's just been our one comfort blanket this season. It's just the, the league's been causing us migraine after migraine, and that's been sort of, the Europa League's sort of been our night out. Uh, you know, it's just uh, the way the league's kind of just been a bit of a shame, hasn't it? You know, but a total shame, to be honest with you. Um, we can only help. Sorry, been rudely interrupted there. <laughs> but it has. It's been. It's been, it's been the Europa, um, the Europa League that we we'd all hope for, really, but without, without the domestic negative distraction, and it's been disappointing. But what can you do? We'll, re- we'll return to um, what Roberto had to say anyway. Sorry about that technical difficulty there. It's bound to happen with with us two round the table, isn't it? <laughs> but um, here's Roberto talking after the game at the Britannia. Hey, Roberto, what's your Together as a football club, there's a situation that we need each other 
more than ever. We know the talent, we know the character that we got in the group, and and that's enough to look forward to the next six home games at Goodison and, and the four games that we got away. And, and it's a moment to get as many punches as, as we can and start looking up. And I know that it looks at times you can look too bleak and too uh, negative. Uh, we need to uh, face the challenge straight on and, and make sure that we we change those dynamics quickly. You can't half talk Roberto, can he? And oh. then he doesn't come up for it. <laughs> no, no, I, I sort of listened to that thinking we we won the game. Uh, no, I'm just, <laughs> no, it, he is. I, he did look a lot more serious. He looked there. Uh, to be honest, when he walked off Roberto, we looked a beaten man. Um, he looked sort of one of them heading for the exit door on his way out. You know, um, I've got some park, let alone Stoke City. But um, yeah, you know, he's he's sort of downplaying the gravity of our situation. To be honest, if you ask me. He's still putting. He's still using the same sorts of scenarios, isn't he? Small margins, character in the group. Yeah. You know, get up the table where we belong. The thing that's frustrating the fans is we've heard this for a while now, and we're going we're going backwards in terms of our our league position. Yeah. And the results aren't seeing improvement, so it's almost like we're. Not, I'm not expecting that manager to stand there and be like, "Yeah, we're shite, basically." Yeah. And you know in a relegation dogfight but at least don't try and sort of sugarcoat everything and yeah there is a few positives to pluck and Europe being the main one a few players coming through but let's be honest Mark that that adds fuel to the fire it does it those sorts of comments not half it adds to the worry that he's not really acknowledging what's going on and he sort of lives in this bubble where we're looking you know he's always trying to be positive and all that and at what point is he going to look at the league table and change his approach at what point does he say, you know, this is something that's not working, this is 28 games in, that's not a start, that's a middle, that's near an end. Now that is. Yeah. Um, at what point do we say that's not working? I just think Roberto needs to, he needs to maybe be a little bit more realistic with what he's saying there. Uh, it's just, for me, I, I, I'm listening to that as if we're sort of 10th and we've, we've had a bit of a, you know... Bit of a blip, yeah. We've had a bit of a miserable season because we all thought we'd be challenging for the top four again. But, like, you know... 28 points in 28 games is going to send you down. Uh, it's been relegation for all season. It's just, I mean, it's just, I would never have envisaged achieving our highest ever Premier League points tally and then at this stage of this season having our lowest ever points tally since no. the Premier League began. And I just, I would never have envisaged it. And I think the mood after that uh, Stoke defeat. It was a sour one, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, I know I'll get your opinions on whether you want Roberto to stay or not. Um, I'll briefly just say mine. Yeah. And then we're going to touch on some tweets and interactions that we had on Twitter. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm not to the point at the moment where I'm, I want the manager gone. I firmly believe that sacking him now is not the way to go. And I think, yeah, we are going backwards in, our, in terms of our league's position. I just think... Then we've got ten games to go. We need to see a change from him. We need to see something. Something's got to give. Either I don't care if he carries on giving these glossy interviews, but I would rather see his team line up differently or take a different approach. Be that start Kone uh, up front with Lukaku or yeah. Naismith on Sunday, or you know Thursday night. To be honest, Thursday night to me is a bit irrelevant. I'm more bothered, yeah. and what I will focus on now in my mind the next few days is Newcastle. Can we beat Newcastle one 0 Just get a win. Yeah. Because that's what I want to see. There's going to be changes in midfield, so that decision's being made for him. Barry's out the side. Yeah. But um, 
I, I'm glad Gibson's there, to be honest, because he's come at the right time. I'm glad Osman's coming back. I'm glad Kone's knocking on the door, and I think with 10 games to go, he should be given his chance. We signed him for £6 million, and all he's done is be on a treatment table since yeah. he's been here. So I think if we don't see that reaction and a change in anything from now till the end of the season, then yeah, of course... Obviously, I can't foresee the future. If we go down, then everyone's going to call for his head. Yeah. But I can't forget what we did achieve last season under Roberto and his sort of his attitude into coming to the club. Yeah, he has frustrated the life out of me this season, Mark. But yeah. really, I think sacking him now and, say, and saying like, "Oh, let Duncan Ferguson try and lead them for the final ten games." You just you, you don't know. You don't no. know. I mean, I, I remember when Newcastle were down in the doldrums and they put cheer at us caretaker manager or whatever, they end up going down, didn't he? Yeah. Cheery didn't have enough time to turn it round. I, I don't think we're going to get relegated, but I can't, I, I cannot feel comfortable. I almost want this season to be over. Yeah. It's like we're a horse in a race and we just, it's, yeah. it's, we're just dragging ourselves to get to the finish line and then rebuild in the summer. Let's look at what happened this season, what went wrong, and then, continue his sort of platform that he built last season yeah. this season though unfortunately will be etched on a lot of Evertonians minds won't it it will it's, it's, do you know what it's not hard it's, it's very difficult for me to say but it's like after last season where I totally fell in love with the guy to be honest with you and his, his approach and the way he had us playing um, it's not easy to say now after one bad season that I want him gone but it's like this guy is stubbornly refusing to sort of learn from his own mistakes he's not we're doing the same thing over and over again and that's what's driving fans mad there's no adaptive he's not changing he's not looking to change he's not I don't know is it like you say you know that Einstein quote's been, been mentioned 150 times but you know we are repeating the same mistakes all over again and he is expecting something different it's this stubbornness that's that make me call for his head to be honest with you because it's sending us down frankly yeah, we we cannot afford to take any kind of risk in that sense, you know, with the you know the TV money and all that. We, we can, I don't know how much more we can flirt with relegation before a decision has to be made. Yeah, we're getting closer. We need to, you know, it's just panic setting. Well, I I complete I completely, I don't side with you there, on yeah. some of it, but I, I see your point of view. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think, I just think, I can't envisage Everton sacking him. No, for me, even if they went down, I can't see Ken Wright sacking them. I just don't know. I just I can't see it. Maybe they would bow to fan pressure. Then I don't know. I just don't know how bad it's gonna get before that manager starts to change things. I think the new this game on Saturday. I think a lot of people are indecisive about what they want to do. They don't know what they want to do because we had such a great season. It seems like God, what do we do? Do we sack this guy or do we keep with him? But I think if we lose on Sunday, um, then I really think you're gonna see the crowd saying on him. Do you I think really so? Do, yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jaw Line definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I think he's got no more. We've got no more time for this. We can't be flirting with relegation right until the end, you know, until the Tottenham game. We cannot go into that game. Even Spurs ever. on the final day. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the, the, the remaining fixtures a little bit more detail. Um, obviously, last Wednesday, after the match, um, the, the, the mood on, say, Twitter. We, we use Twitter more than we do, yeah. like, Facebook and other yeah. things. I don't know what the forums were like. I can only imagine they were on overdrive, but yeah. the mood on Twitter was poisonous. And, Absolutely. you know, I'll be completely honest. I sat here in my house with my head in my hands, and I haven't done that. For, I said on Twitter for over 10 years, I haven't felt like that after yeah. I full time at Stoke. When I saw those players and that manager coming off in front of our fans... They couldn't even look at the supporters. I think it was only guarded that went over, wasn't it? To be honest, that says everything about the young lad. And I, I felt terrible, yeah. to be honest, Mark. But we did put the question to people on Twitter the following day. I yeah. don't know whether 24 hours later was probably the right idea because some people maybe jumped the gun with their opinions. We, you did get an awful lot of responses on Twitter. Yeah. Um, too many to read out here, but we definitely thought we, we've got to include some of them. This, these, yeah. Obviously, you hear mine and Mark's views on it. Um, some people have actually given us a name of who they'd want to replace Roberto. Yeah. Obviously, they want him gone. Other other people saying, "I want him to stay, give him a chance." So what we'll do is we'll basically we'll we'll list a couple of them. Um, Mark, we'll alternate it. All right, we're not going to do the complete list, but we'll uh, we'll have a look at this and just see potential contenders because I can't even believe we're actually discussing this because the man's still in a job. But I'm, you know, we're relaying what the fans are saying on Absolutely. Twitter, and it's serious stuff. We all feel passionately about the team, and Roberto's come under a lot of criticism this season, and that will only continue if the results don't start to pick up. So, um, the first two or three that, that that probably replied to the question about, do you want Roberto to stay or go, and if so, um, if there's a replacement, who would he be? Yeah. Um, EFC King he says for me he's got to go and I will bring in Ronald DeBoer or Philip Koku um, I don't know how likely those two are to come to Goodison Park like but 
Uh, you can certainly King, work within budgets. Yeah. <laughs> Kingy certainly wants him to go, Roberto. Yeah. Um, David O'Keefe, who our mate David off Twitter, yeah. um, he's basically said, I want Roberto to stay. The team needs to stop playing with a fear of we, th- we are to stay up. He's firmly behind the decision that we were to keep Martinez. I think he's wrote a lot about his, yeah. his articles, hasn't he? Michael Rogers says the Newcastle result decided for me. It's a must win and we must kick on from it. But if we don't win, although I don't want it to happen, he has to go. Now, you've basically just said that then, haven't you, Mark? Basically, yeah. I think this is the game that's going to cost a lot of... I just don't know. It's just, this seems the, 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 the decisive game for me where you know, a lot of people are going to turn on him if we don't get it right. Um, we've got a uh, Steve Martin. Uh, said I'd like him to succeed at Everton. He's basically got to swallow some pride and change things tactically. I don't know anybody that hasn't said that. Probably swallowing pride is the yeah. main thing, isn't it? I mean, changing your ways. But he has this vision, and his stubbornness has been the the most overused word, hasn't it? One hundred percent. The exact same sentiments uh, from our Ben, who's come in and said that, that he wants to swallow some pride as well, change his attitude. He wants him to stay as well, Ben, ben Ellis. Yeah. yeah, totally different to me. Uh, Roy Leadham, hundred uh, percent got to go. We might have to make the Joe Royal until the end of the season. And then and a lot of people have said this to me, and they wouldn't mind to see Slavin Bilic come in as manager. Yeah, it, for me, it just seems it's it's borderline heartbreaking that we're talking like this uh, with Roberto after what he did last season, but. It is what it is. It is incredible that I've come to this, though, Mark. Yeah, but absolutely. If you have to think, yeah, if you put the question on Twitter tonight, you might get different responses yeah. again. I think on the mood after the game, almost ninety percent of everything I was seeing was like, "Get the manager out, get the manager out." Yeah. That's it. It's you know, my, panic setting. Some, some people were saying after the Arsenal game. Again, personally, I was not saying it myself, but you can't, you can't help but no, you can't ignore these facts. Yeah, you're what's right. being said? Totally right. Um, Trevor uh, UK uh, said Martin has to go let Royal take over for the rest of the season see if he can instill some fight and passion into the team while searching for the right man to come in and get them playing so that's another one mentioning Joe Royal's name yeah, yeah. it's um, it's it like the safety net for us isn't it you know because he's the last manager to win a trophy he's at the club exactly but yeah. can you see it happening I can't I think Joe maybe amazed me he's, you know, he's obviously a lot older these days isn't he you know I don't I mean, I was shouting for Peter Reid to come in after that Stoke second went in, you know, but it's like what panic does to you, I suppose. But, you know, the valid points are all the same. Well, it's, it, it continues. I mean, we may as well carry on going through some of these here, Mark. It's yeah. very relevant. Um, Reid to Stevens said he won't go unless we go down, which we won't. He has a contract in 2019, so we can't afford to sack him. Again, that's another thing. The finance—he's not going to resign, is he? No, he certainly isn't, and we certainly don't have money flying around to pay off. What is it? Four years of contract left. Yeah, yeah. Well, four. Yeah, two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everton Gecko said last year Martinez and Kenwright knew the summer plan in January. Keeping Martinez depends if he's got a solid long-term plan now. But I think we all know Roberto's plan for the club, and he he, he told us his vision when he came in, didn't he? We do. Um, but that's going to go out the window if we get relegated. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, it's we're being results are forcing our hand at the moment. That's what's getting. It's not anything else. You know, we can't. It's the result that that that's, that's forcing um, people to think this way. Yeah. No question. Well, there's. I mean, th- these these views go on, Mark. Um, Paul Brown makes says he has to go. I'd take Helen Keller, but we know <laughs> Bill will go for the cheapest option. That's that's correct. No question <laughs> about that. Um, Gary Coppel said he's got to go. I wanted Billage originally. He's done well at uh, club and international level and will bring something different. 
But could you? I I couldn't envisage Bill Kenwright employing someone like Slavin Bilic as a manager. No, I can't. Not Bilic left under a cloud, didn't he? I think. Well, there was all those. Yeah, yeah. He certainly cost the club an arm and a leg when he didn't have any money um, to come in. I know that wasn't uh, Bilic's fault. I can't see uh, Kenwright appointing Bilic in a month of Sundays. No, really can't. And we've had a few uh, straight, and we've had a few off left field shouts as well. Uh, Gary EFC nineteen eighty two put uh, get Jamie Carrigan in the summer. No, I don't know. He said it's not a joke, and I think he'd make a good manager. You know, he certainly talks a good game on Monday night football, but I don't think a guy who spends his spare time winding up Evertonians. On I don't think he'd be welcome at Goodison for one now. No. But yeah, fair enough, that's someone's opinion. Norman Patterson said it's completely the wrong time to, to replace Roberto. I remember people screaming for Kendall to be sacked. But, you know, that, there's a lesson in that for all of us. That Kendall against Coventry City was, uh, was on the verge of getting sacked. And if he had, we wouldn't have had the greatest team. Mm. You know, at this, this second to last generation scene, you know, it's just... Yeah. What, we don't know the future, do we? We can only deal in the present, and at the moment, things are looking bleak. That's it. You've got um, you've got the views continue, and you've got Graham Seddon. He he said it's a strange situation. If he stayed, it wouldn't bother me, and if he got the sack, it wouldn't probably bother me. Or he almost felt sorry for uh, Martin as at Stoke, and he said it's obviously not what he wants to see happening to him. But he sort of said it's a strange yeah. one. I'm not really bothered either way because he probably thinks it's, he wants him. To, <laughs> he wants him to succeed, but on the other hand, if he gets sacked, then he wants someone else to come. I see what he sort of means yeah, there. He's Sim- becoming different to the situation. Yeah, Probably Simon Magnet yeah. echoed his thoughts entirely and just said, I agree completely with this, but the longer it goes on, the more the pendulum swings. Yeah, spot on. That's yeah. it, that's it. We're getting the results, like I said, have been forcing people to think that, that you know, we, we need a change. Mm-hmm. It's purely down to what's going on on the pitch. I just, um, I look down the views and... The, it, it, really, the, the the goes outweighs the stays. Put this way, yeah. Um, Bracewell's boot says I want him to stay. Last season was brilliant, but he needs to do what Rogers has done and change style and formation. Yeah, um, totally agree. Tony Edge, Ian Spencer, Phil Phil Evo, they all say the same thing. He's got to go. Um, Mid table was uh, bad. Would have been bad, but this is a disaster. One of them, uh, Ian Spencer says, give Big Dunk a chance to put a rocket up that lot and then go for Billich at the end of the season. Um, and Phil Evo just finishes by saying resign to the fact that he won't be sacked just don't be stay up so the views you know, here I mean, very realistic a few of them yeah you know let's face it he probably isn't going to get sacked um, as much as we're talking about it and as much as a lot of people want it to happen uh, no more than myself after Wednesday night's result um, the reality is that we're probably not going to sack him because A we don't sack managers to be honest with you we don't have a history of sort of sacking managers after a short period of time. I think there's a number Maybe of factors. got the money. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you've just basically named the, the factors. Financial reasons. Yeah. Our history with managers. And we're, we're quite loyal as a club. I think so. Yeah. Um, but also, what happened last season plays a, ma- a major factor in, in a lot of people's thinking here. Yeah. And it, it does for mine. I've got to say. I've so got to admit it, yeah. it does for mine. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm as, I'm as frustrated as those who were asking, calling for his head. I'm, I'm as frustrated to them with the whole situation, but I'm not at the point where I want him to be sacked. And yeah. in, in reality, I don't think he will be sacked, as you've just said. But to be honest, a lot of these opinions, they are saying get rid. Um, some of them may have backtracked because it was nearly a week ago. Yeah. But this is what, you know, we can only judge what we've got at the time. And Kieran Hendry, Stephen Jeffers both said he's got to go for me. Player and manager... 
look confused in any walks of life managers react he doesn't I go for Glenn Hoddle that was Stephen Jeffers what do you think of that? Very interesting. I'm not sure Glenn Hoddle and the stories I've heard about him on the training ground. Uh, I don't think we need another egotistical like maniac uh, coaching us, to be honest with you. It's like, um, I'm not saying Mark Ness is egotistical, but I think we need someone to bring the players together, not alienate them. That Hoddle, as much as I like the guy, to be honest, he talks sense. He has, does have a history of uh, poor player relations on the, on the training ground, no question. We don't need that right now. Yeah, well, that's... I was just reading these here and I, I think, should we stop? But really, this is what people have said. And yeah. Nathan Sartain says he needs until the end of the season, but if he has changed anything by then, a change may be needed. I'd go for Billich. Another one saying Billich. Dave Park, he basically says, I think he's been lucky at times and we've definitely missed PR and Osman. Um, and he thinks Martinez isn't too far off the truth at what he's said, you know, in his, some of his quotes. That's fair enough. Dave yeah. said that. Mitchell Clark, I'd get rid. But if we were a bigger club, it would have been it would have been done by now. That's a fair comment. I think he stays now, and there's a change at the end of the season. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. I'll be Don Donnelly. Echoes them thoughts. He's got to go now. Glenn Hoddle, temporary till the season <laughs> ends. Get rid of all our coaches. Some of them sound a bit drastic, and you may sort of be like, "What the yeah. hell is he talking people about there?" But this is what people have, have said to us on, on social media, isn't it? They have. People have different tolerance levels, don't they? And all that. And to be honest with you, like you know, I, I hit the panic button right away after Stoke beat us on Wednesday. Um, but uh, you know, everyone has their different opinions. People can see different answers uh, as to what what's going to prove us forward, make us uh, move forward as a club. But nothing would give me greater pleasure than to be fickle over Martinez. Go and get the brown shoes back out. And start getting that poster out of it that I'm down in my Everton room. So <laughs> bring back the old badge. Can we, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> such good. Yeah, absolutely. We, ever since we got rid of that uh, Fisher Price badge, we've had nothing but downhill. Yeah. It has. I would love to be fickle over Martinez and be sitting here next season talking about how great he is again. Yeah, um, I really would because I do like the guy. But it's just I don't know. Do I just I just I've got to start thinking about Everton Football Club right now, not Roberto Martinez. That's it. But I mean, I do buy into. I do buy into his sort of long term plan, um, not so some of his football and ideology in terms of what he's doing on the pitch. I think yeah, he, in this day and age, and the money involved and the importance yeah. of staying in this league, you do need to be able to adapt. Yeah. And he talks about his team adapting and being full of character, and he talks in recent interviews about spirit and fight. And to me, I don't see any of them words this no. season. and it's, it's a shame and it's a massive fall from grace last season. Another guy here says, uh, Josh Kellett, he says, I'll take, I'll take um, Laurent Blanc, De Boer, Laudrup, Billich, Coleman or Rene Mullenstein. But the thing is, when you name, when you name them names, Mark, even if Martin has walked out the door tomorrow morning, who come to Everton and take it on? I, th- I think, um, I just think, I don't know, I, I, I can't see him I can't no. see the club getting rid of him, um, but I can't see these opinions getting any better in the imminent future. No, I because can't. it's all about results. And if we, as you said, if we get beat by Newcastle, what are these? What what comments will be reading out on the next podcast? Definitely. And what path are we going down as a football club? Then you know, because last season opened the door. You know, we had a peak above the glass ceiling. We thought we were going to smash it for once, and now all of a sudden, you know, in the space of not even a year, with we're, we're, we're talking about Glenn Hoddle coming in. You know, this is. This is football, this it's is amazing. what happens, I guess, but it's absolutely am- amazing. And to be honest, I know it sounds strong, but I do feel the players and the manager 
has got to be deeply ashamed of what's gone on this season. Mm. Actually, you know, the fact that we've even debating about who's going to come in, you know, can we afford to get rid of him or not? I just think it's such a fall from grace and it's been totally underreported, you know. I don't know. It's just been shocking what's gone on since Who, who would have thought, to be honest? We, we wouldn't have envisaged it. And, no. You know, I think we've, we've, we've dwelt on the managerial situation for, for quite a while in this one here, but... These are the things that are being talked about amongst our fans. Yeah. They're the harsh facts of supporting this club, and do you know what I mean. The players we've all we've all criticised the players on numerous occasions this season, and now the manager's getting it as well. And there's yeah. a lot of people who've lost trust and faith in him. And I think even if there is a bit of an upturn from now to the end of the season, it'll still be fresh in the minds of those people. And you know, one good season, one bad season. Yeah, we can all revert back to what happened with Moyes. Absolutely. But really, if we see these sort of um, annoyances and, and, and stubbornness in, in, in approach and similar sorts of mistakes on yeah. next season, what will the mood be like then? We think, oh, we're going to put up with another nine months of this. So, or will it be fantastic football and haven't we touched goals in the back of the net like last season? This is the two, the two polar opposites of Everton, isn't it? Like Martin has said, small margin. So next season, are we going to get the left-hand side of that margin and you know come out... Like we were last season playing great, but I don't know. Maybe he needs to do more to sort of uh, change the the percept the way we're going. You know, the margins, yeah, small. But it's just it seems to be the same conversation the one time and time again, do. doesn't it? I think just a couple of other points that I wanted to speak to you about Marcus' latest um, interviews. There was one in the Telegraph with Henry Henry Winter yeah. Martinez. Yeah, some great stuff to read about his his his, his childhood and his father, um, his vision and stuff, but. There's a few comments really, and I just wanted to pick your brains about them, um, yeah. and also the Graham Jones one that was recently in, in the Liverpool Echo, um, the, the Martinez one with Henry Winter. One of his opening actual paragraphs reads: "When you're a football fan and you lose a game, it's awful because there's nothing you can do until the next game. Yeah. As a manager, I have the big advantage of being able to see what went wrong, the things not working, how we can change it for the next game, the partnerships we can create and work with the players." But the thing is, when you're a football fan and you lose a game, it's awful because there's nothing that you can do into the next game. That's why we're sitting here doing podcasts, because we're not seeing anything change. As a manager, I have a big advantage of being able to see what went wrong, the things not working. But Mark, we're in March, mid-March, and surely if I can see it, you can see it, and thousands of other people, the things that are going wrong, surely there'd be no harm in him changing something. This is the problem. He, he is in the perfect position to change things. We're talking about the same problems we've had, I think, since August. He clearly hasn't changed them. He hasn't sought to change them. So what he's saying there is absolute nonsense. So he's not practising what he's preaching, that's for certain. You know, we're, we're still seeing the same formation. We're still seeing 25 number 10s trying to get on the pitch. He's not <laughs> playing with width. I don't know what that means. Is he, you know, if we're reading that, I mean, are we all together sure this guy's with us? You know, he hasn't changed... He's, 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 that's the whole main criticism of his season is stubbornness to change and he's basically said there that he can you know we can look at things and change well maybe he needs to look a bit harder but the worrying thing for me is as much as I've just said then I don't want him sacked in that yeah. I can't I can see Newcastle people tearing their heads out I can see it already yeah. over his team selection and the way we're going to set out for the game I can just I can't see Coney starting in a 4-4-2 I'm not saying 4-4-2 is the ultimate answer but no. I can't see it so it's like when when are we going to see it? Are we never going to see it? But at what cost is it going to come? And that's yeah. that's why we are being so negative and we're, we're drawing on these opinions because 
really it's what's happening in front of us and yeah. these sort of interviews Mark I don't know about you but I read it, I've read it twice and I'm like yeah it's great to think yeah you know you've got someone here who's got comes from a real footballing background and learning a bit about his life and that but he goes on to make some other quotes about like you know John Stones and Ross Barkley he's, he's, he's glowing references of them players with that sort of character need to be in the firing line we can always replace a player with an experienced player but it's going to limit you if we replace players with younger players who have incredible potential we're going to have a period of learning getting experience but the benefits at the end will be untold we we don't want to think we can only fight for fifth position. We want to go further. Well, that that's fine. But the thing is, he took he took Ross Barkley out the firing line. He took yeah. whole Joe Robles out the firing line. And he was doing great. So to me, it's a bit of a contradiction, isn't it? One hundred percent. Again, not backed up by what he's done in in real life situations. We all know. Let's face it, Baines is going to come right back in against Newcastle and that. It's going to come out. But he doesn't give opportunity. He doesn't give the youth an opportunity to develop any kind of consistency because he, the minute a senior player is fit, he presses the panic button and in they go. You know. Well, what? Um, I don't. I don't get the John Stones. Not, he, Stones he, has been fantastic. Stones yeah. is up head and shoulders above probably any other young yeah. lad at the club, but you know I can't leave him in the final line yeah because this time has gone AWOL because he's had a scrap with Graham Jones. <laughs> exactly. Al- Alcaraz plays now and again. I think he's. Pay as you turn up to Finch Farm or something, him. More like Batman Colombo, uh, that fella, yeah. Well, so there's no other alternative. Barkley, there's alternatives, isn't there? Yeah. Luke Garbutt, there's alternatives. So those decisions are sort of made for him. I don't know. Maybe we're looking into it a bit too much, but they sort of they tend to rattle you when you read them. And he goes on to say about this season, we have shown the talent that the squad has, what we did really, really well in the summer and we had to work hard as a club and especially the chairman was to keep everything we held last season, players on loan that we made permanent. But we've lost the likes of influential players like PNR and Osmond for long spells. Players coming back late from the World Cup gave us a slow start. But really, our fans have been pointing and saying, Will Martinez coming back from the World Cup was the slow start. I agree totally. And the fact that he went off without so much as a pre season planned was there. Uh, um, started the rough for me definitely 100% we weren't prepared but uh, Martinez talks about that we've shown that but um, that we've, you know, we've shown talent six wins in March says that we haven't yeah you know we, uh, we haven't uh, I don't know um, that's, that's no more nonsense again you know what he could say there is that we, we have totally failed to realise our potential this season not shown glimpses we haven't shown a tenth of what we can do as a football club and the interviewer goes on um, to say about Martinez and his style, do you overpass? And he says, never. I don't think you can. Well, you try telling that to a few of the fellas who sit around me in Gladys <laughs> I can. You can never overpass. Passing yeah. for the sake of it is not going to take you anywhere. OK, so how was that link up with Arsenal away in the first half? There's a reason behind every pass, he says. <laughs> uh, even if sideways are backward, yes, yes. Even if back to the keeper, as long as there's a reason for it, but then well, is he the interviewer to... says, but Goodison craves more agency. And he says, no, no, yes, no. We are very dynamic side as well. We can adapt to different opposition or different situations. But I haven't seen that ad- adapt. No. I haven't seen the team adapting. And I don't know, we've got winning, we've gone into winning positions, he goes on to say, but we haven't mastered how to keep those leads. Well, yeah, because sides have come and they've outplayed us, outwitted us, out-tacted us and outscored us. 
Yeah, and at times our forces, which is unforgivable. Manus talks about we passed every time as um, we passed for a reason. Is the reason to make more money downstairs uh, in the catering with uh, because people are going down for a pint? It's not boring. With Sodexo, you know, he said he's doing well for Sodexo. Yeah, no question. Well, to, to, I mean, I'll finish Nonsense. just by I'll just I'll finish by saying this um, his piece on Tim Howard. This would have rattled a few cages even more. And he's he's asked about um, his decision to put Joe Robles back in. Yeah. And he's basically said at the time Joel as a number two did a magnificent magnificent job and he kept clean sheets and especially against Palace and Liverpool. He did his job, he was outstanding. His position at this club is being reinforced. Now he is competing stronger for that number one shirt, Joe meaning Howard. Joel is twenty four and Tim is thirty six. Joel has shown he is ready to step into number one, but Tim's had a very strong season. He's very experienced and with every and with a very important responsibility in the dressing room. You give someone a starting point and the number two needs to fight to overcome that. The good thing is we have a number one and number two are both reliable. Absolute rubbish. Um, Tim Howard has had a strong season, is the line that I would expect him here watching one blue over the cuckoo's nest. He has not had a strong season. He's been like a total liability all season long. To take... You know, there was no logic in that decision to drop... You know, so Tim Howard is a God-given right, does he, to start every game for Everton? I know it's another rant about Howard, but that 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 is an absolutely ludicrous comment to say that he's had a strong season when, let's face it, he's been a good goalkeeper in his 10 points a season. I think Howard's cost us maybe 20 this season, and that's not even all exaggerating. It's just... It's a ridiculous comment. I'm patronising and every insulting. Call it what you want. It's ridiculous. I think... Um... He doesn't help himself with these comments. No. As much as um, he, he blew me away with with some of his scenarios and his sayings and his mannerisms and his his sentences about the club last season. This yeah. season, I'm I'm sort of it's fallen on deaf ears because I want to see that I want to see it transformed onto the pitch. Absolutely. Now the time of these interviews, Mark, is what I wanted to draw on. Yeah. That came in the Telegraph. The Liverpool Echo this week published one about Graham Jones. Now. From what I've heard, Graham Jones is the one who had the fight with Distan, and he's the one who, who's the sort of baddie. Martinez is the goodie. He's the Roberto guy. doesn't like confrontation. We can tell that probably from a conversation and looking at him that he yeah. doesn't like it. Fair enough, whatever floats your boat. But that time and again of another interview about their relationship and their vision about football. I thought it was... we're all tearing, well, you're not tearing yeah. your ear because you've got none. None left, but, you know, I'm still cracking the scalp here, to be honest with you. That interview sums up the Liverpool echo for me. The total um, apologetic, you know, let me ask you this, Liverpool sitting on 28 points in 28 games, do they run a story on how close Rodgers and Pascal is? No, on Colin Pascal, it doesn't happen. There's a massive inquest. This is, it's, it's insulting to Everton fans, this type of article. They, they're not, the, the echo itself, just with articles like this, rubber stamps my belief that they do not represent the fans' true concerns about what's going on in our club. You know, we all know that they never question the board, which is an embarrassment in itself. We all know that. But to, to, to bring up an article about how close Jones and Martinez is and how their styles contrast on the training pitch and all this, when we're on the verge of relegation, and it's not, you know, I know we could get out of it, but in real terms, we have, this is what we're in. I thought it was unbelievable. I thought it was crass and sensitive and insulting again. And yet again... You know, taking the piss out of Evertonians, that, that, that article was not needed. Column inches when Everton haven't got a game, yeah. but column inches that are just going to wind up our fan base even more. Now, yeah. the, te- the Telegraph interview with Roberto, when that was published and posted on Twitter, I looked at the Everton comments, it wasn't all, 
oh, this is ludicrous. There was a lot of that. But there yeah. was also, some people said the club's in good hands. We're going to go places yeah, with this manager. Can, yeah. So there is a for and against, and yeah, that's fair enough. Obviously, we're trying to be balanced here in we're our doing, Yeah, we're doing this views. article in a climate where, at the moment, the, the fan base is panicking. Exactly. Stuff like that doesn't help. It's, it's almost adding fuel to the fire. Like Roberto's interview there after Stoke. For me, they're just not helping themselves. No. The club, the press, say what you want about the echo and that. I mean... Yeah. That that you could go on about that. That's a, that's another separate conversation. Yeah. But I agree with you when I see that. I think that's the last thing I want to read. That's I don't want to yeah. read the Phil Neville rally cry and that sort of ilk. But I want to no. see someone sort of come out fighting. Even Darren Gibson on Everton TV after the Stoke game, yeah. he's scratching his his neck. He's huffing and puffing. He doesn't have a clue what to say. There's no one like grabbing this situation by the bollocks and saying. Yeah. We're united. We're all united as a, as a club. Let's get ourselves out of this by any means. Yeah. If it means playing fucking nine defenders or nine strikers, I don't know. Just just go just back to change. Dr. Ward if we can or just, anything. We have yeah. got to drag ourselves away because otherwise, yeah. me and you sitting here, you've got people fighting on social media in the pubs. I've got taxi drivers telling me he's got to go, lad. He's got to go. Yeah. Get rid this and that. I'm sick of hearing the words stubborn. And yeah. you know tactics and Lukaku this and Barry that. I'm, I'm sick of it, and I've, I've talked about it a lot with you, Mark. But yeah. We love the club, but we just we hate to see what's happening in front of us and these sorts of things. It's like, come on, yeah. you know we know Everton haven't got a game at the weekend. We never get any column inches when we've played. So no. all of a sudden we're getting all these fancy column inches. You know what I mean? Yeah. National fact. Press is the Telegraph. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I don't know. I don't know what purpose they serve. To be honest with you, this is not. We are not sitting in fourth place where these kind of stories, you know, make for something from light reading. We, we, we're we're a club with massive concerns on and off the pitch. For me, anyway, I think not to everybody, admittedly, um, and none of it gets represented in the press. None of it gets, you know, we can all moan on Twitter and all that, but absolutely no one with any kind of influence is representing the, the, the fans' true concerns. On the pitch and off it. So it's basically left for us to just argue it out amongst yeah. ourselves. Basically. And yeah, like there's people falling against the, 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 this current board. There's people falling against the manager. Yeah. Um, evidently so from the opinions that we've just read out. And evidently so from around this table. And now I think our opinions are slightly yeah. different from the current situation. But it is, it's tough. This thing doesn't help. It adds fuel to the fire. And our main concern, Mark, is just getting over the line now and just getting that next victory. I think um, yeah. from what the recent comparisons people have spoke about Liverpool, um, and I, it was one thing I wanted to mention about Rodgers, and I know a lot of people have probably already got there before me to say this, but since since probably the turn of the year, yeah. I've seen this with Liverpool. Um, they're the form side in the league. I remember sitting there in November, December, and we were all taking a mickey out of them, laughing. Yeah. Same sort of points total, but they were having some embarrassing defeats. We thought, yeah, they're, they're going to be a laughing stock this season. But he's sort of nipped it in the bud. He hasn't completely overhauled anything major. He's just changed the shape of the side, one or two inclusions, tried players in different positions, the likes of Emre Khan. Um, yeah. And I know this isn't a, a Liverpool podcast, but no. really, they're our, our rival, and... They were sort of going the same way. Yeah. But he's turned it round. He's turned it round. He's yeah. got the same sort of football and vision as Roberto. So he's maybe swallowed a bit of pride. 
Yeah. But he's, he's not he's not embarrassed himself. And look at Liverpool now, they're flying. Let's be honest, they're flying. The, the time is gone for Evertonians to be taking the mickey out of Liverpool. We can't afford to do that. Look at us now. Yeah. Look at the position that we're in. And I'm not saying it's all maybe down to the manager because he wouldn't change his ways. There's been a concoction of things this season, hasn't it, from start yeah. to finish? Well, it hasn't finished, but from start <laughs> to where we are now. But I draw on them as a comparison, Mark. Definitely, definitely. We were on, I think Liverpool have amassed the same number of points since since Christmas as we have all, all season long. And, you know, their squad isn't infinitely better than ours. We should be still keeping tabs with them, if nothing else. You know, with the players we've got and the talent that we should have had in, you know, in the squad... It's just been a disaster, and we we to be honest, we were laughing at them when we become the laughing stock, really, haven't we? Since uh, since Christmas, it's not really. I think results. This if we should the worst happen against Newcastle, that I don't think everybody will wake up to the situation that we're in. Maybe so. I mean, that. to to me, um, the Newcastle game is, as I said before, is more important than Dynamo Kiev. Yeah. Um, we'll touch on Kiev in a minute because they're our next opponents. But yeah. looking at the league table, we're obviously we're now in fourteenth. Sunderland and Newcastle, sorry, Sunderland and Villa are within three or two points away, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sunderland, two points, hauler on our tails, um, thankfully we've got that six-point cushion to QPR, who we've got to play in, in the coming weeks, yeah. we've got um, we've got six home games out of the ten mark, I don't know whether that's a bad or a good thing, no, the way we've played there this season, we've got Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley, Man United, Sunderland and Spurs. So if you if you look if you look at that Burnley Sunderland are fighting for the lives yeah I'd feel more confident against Man United than them sort of sides yeah wouldn't you? to be honest yeah definitely away from home we've got QPR Swansea Villa and West Ham QPR and Villa fighting for the lives again we're two games you know they don't sound as scary as running fixtures uh, particularly away from home at home we have got a few tough tough games with Southampton coming um, but it's you know, I think to be honest, we'll end up picking up more points away from home, and I think a lot of that's got to do with the crowd. We we are nervous as Evertonians, but that doesn't ever come out in the right way. When in the crowd, it comes out as, you know, it's quite toxic at times. Goodson and the players have shown all season that they haven't been able to perform in that kind of um, environment. Admittedly, they're the ones they're the reason for that environment. I do think we'll end up picking more points away from home than we will at Goodson. Yeah, well, I think I think a lot. There's a lot of obviously hanging on this game for Newcastle but you know if we do nick a win there you think well the five remaining fixes are good and yeah maybe well, we can have a bit of a yeah. you just never know do you but no. at the way things are going you're not expecting anything are you you're like oh no it's going to be another cold rain and Sunday afternoon at Goodison and we'll we'll draw with withdraw with Newcastle or get beat that's the thing the zero belief and that's, yeah, yeah. that's badly what we need but you can see that in the pl- from the players to the fans to the staff to the, yeah. the manager it has that's a big word isn't it this season belief Absolutely. and we've lacked it in, in abundance so from those games there Mark I mean you've got 10 games 6 at home can you see us getting out of it put your views on Martin as a size and Ken Wright uh, if it's totally dependent on the players attitude and the manager changing his approach that's all I'll say about Martin but I you know them running games shouldn't be shouldn't scare the life out of us but you know they will because of the run we're on. Yeah, I can see us just doing enough to be honest with you, but I won't rest until you know the, the we're over the line. Achieved. Yeah, to be honest, the win on, on I think two wins to be honest with you with the way the bomb three are playing. Yeah. They seem to be imploding down there. They don't seem to be gathering any momentum on on anybody above them. 
I think two wins would do it for us, to be honest. So even if you got those two Burnley wins, be at home. Yeah, you know. if you got those two wins before the, the end of March, yeah, you could. You're not going to enjoy finish thirteenth, twelfth, or eleventh, but you can enjoy the Europa a little bit more and more relax. Right. And we can start to relax at the moment. We can't at all, can we? Can't we stand able to enjoy it all season? It's been the one shining light. We can only. Yeah, like you say, 13th seems heavenly at the moment, doesn't it? <laughs> I know we're, we're in 14th for 13th and safe from relegation. Yeah, yeah, I'd take that all day long, but then maybe we can just... I, my worry with the Europa League is that if we were to lose, get knocked out in this next round, I, I then think then, because there is nothing else to, to be positive about, frankly, I think then that, that it could turn nasty for us. We need to pick up results while we're still in the Europa League. Yeah, so we could go from... Well, it's bad at the moment, but and we, we didn't think it would get any worse. But it, yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean, type stuff. Well, we'll see what happens Thursday. But yeah. um, I think really for me, looking at it now, I never thought I'd say this, but Leon Osman coming back could be a major thing. I'm yeah. hoping Pinar's on the return soon. Um, Gibson getting he's going to be. He, there's no denying he's going to start in that central midfield, isn't he? Yeah. Surely will for both games. I would. I would like to think. Um, to be honest. I'd have him in the side ahead of Bezic. Yeah, I would. Not everyone might agree with that, but I'd have Darren Gibson in there because he's he's been a Premier League player for years, although he hasn't played a lot of games. Yeah. He's been at United and he's been at Everton. And he's, and he's more influential than Bezic. Plus, he's Irish as well. <laughs> I just yeah. think I just think we'll get a little bit more from him. No, taking nothing away from Bezic, he's been fantastic. But yeah. um, the likes of Gibson, Osman, hopefully Pienaar, I would... If it means sticking Naismith or Kone alongside Lukaku, why not try it? Why not try it out? You know, experiment against Kiev. You know, put the frighteners on them. Try and get a you know a, yeah. a, a lead going into the away leg. Because no matter who we play them in front of, how many fans in Ukraine, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Yeah. You know, away from home, circumstances, weather conditions. Got to take all that into account. So, yeah. yeah. I just think it all hinges on Newcastle and as much as I'll enjoy seeing us in Europe again Thursday it's all about uh, the Sunday game but just on um, Dynamo Kiev Mark uh, yeah. I know you've been doing your research haven't you? I have <laughs> these are the team yeah I do have a life actually outside do you know any place, Ukrainians? Uh, I don't know any Ukrainians personally no uh, I used to really worship one at Goodison Park back in the 90s uh, yeah. in Chelskis but uh, no certainly Dynamo Kiev I'm not showing any kind of weakness in their domestic form. Um, They're not. I, I mean, won. I think they haven't lost a game all season, and they've won thirteen and drew three of their sixteen games. I think they have. You have been doing your research, haven't you? I didn't. I didn't want to let it on then. Like, on, how many, how, details, how many yeah, goals have they scored? My life is that sad. They've scored thirty-seven goals. And how many have they conceded? They went in seven. There you go. <laughs> There's your very own Ukrainian stato. <laughs> He's been over there to do this research, by the way. I have all paid for on accounts. Obviously, yeah, obviously. Um, no, but they've, they've obviously got a good good record domestically um, and a good record in the Europa League. But we said that about young boys and we wiped the floor, yeah. wiped the floor with them. So. Well, it's different leagues, isn't it? So we can't really read into, you know, they're smashing everybody in the Ukrainian League. We have to accept that the Premier League's a lot better. Well, the, it's a higher standard than that. But saying that, you know, they have got some quality players in their, in their ranks, um, Yarmolenko and... Jeremiah Lenz, I think who we we were linked with a few years. Uh, wow, back, yeah, yeah, back, yeah, yeah, two seasons back. They've got a lot of good players, and they're obviously the big thing. They're not used to getting big this season. 
Yeah, they used to pick enough victories. Well, look at the Europa, you know, European campaign. They won five out of six, didn't they? They, were in, they weren't in yeah. the best groups, let's be honest. Alborg, Stau Bucharest, Rio Ave. I think they're from Portugal, the last ones there. Probably surprised they lost one game in that then, really. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, they've obviously stormed that group. Uh, they were then drawn against um, French side Guine Gamp. Yes. Uh, hopefully I've said that right. <laughs> they were beaten though away in France 2-1, but then they've turned the tie round and... They've beat them three one in Kiev, so yeah. maybe the the, away, the result in France offers us, you know, a more realistic a hope, view of yeah. what we can do with them. Yeah. I think definitely a clean sheet mark, yeah. Because yeah. you know, the way we to be honest, even if we don't keep a clean sheet, the way we've played in Europe, I'd fancy us to beat anyone. I'd honestly fancy it. It's mad to think that we're sitting here talking about people wanting the manager out because of our domestic form. And then we'll think we'll take anyone in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> we still seem to have uber confidence in Europe and then uh, we're sort of no confidence in the Premier League I was trying to think of a much better saying than that because that's you know that's the, the long and short of it it is though it's, it, it, we've said it before time and time again well as much as we don't know much about Kiev um, Sergei Rebrov is the manager yeah You've just reeled off some names off probably chat manager or something there. <laughs> You're obviously in the know, so so what I'll do is if anyone wants to get in touch and wants to know anything more about Dynamo Kiev, just tweet Mark Ellis, <laughs> Mark the Blue, his name is, on Twitter. Um, he'll give you the lowdown. I'll be happy to help. Yeah, he might buy you a bottle of vodka on Thursday night as well if he's at the match. Um, we might need yeah. it to get... Say now, buy a bottle of vodka and we'll need it. Keep it back for Sunday. Keep it for Sunday. Yeah. Well, I think, do you remember a couple of years back we played a very, very good Zenit side in the in the Europa League? Yeah. And with the Arshavin and all that. So we do have a good record against sort of um, the Eastern Bloc teams. So I would think we do okay with, with well, Kiev. Kiev beat uh, Metalist Kharkiv. We played them, didn't we? Remember them? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was responsible for my first ball pass that I had away yeah. like in Kharkiv, absolutely. And Annie Chibi got the winner. Annie Chibi got it, yeah. 3 2, I think it was, wasn't it? Away yeah. There. But they certainly, yeah. Like Rakivik gave us a good run for our money. <laughs> well, certainly in recent weeks, Dynamo Kiev have beat uh, Zoya and Olympic Donetsk. Both away from home. Um, that would be the the, 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 yeah. the two games leading up to the, the trip to England to play us on Thursday. And then, uh, obviously, the following Thursday, there's a bit of a, a section closed at their ground. I think our fans are guaranteed to take take numbers over there. Yeah. But I just hope they all you know get to watch a memorable result for Everton and come back safely because it's not the most ideal destination. It, is it? isn't. I've heard one tweet saying, just don't mention anything Russian and you'll be fine. So I think that would be the first thing I'd take along with my passport. So 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 bound the first Evertonian bound to go off the plane with a Russian flag that round there or something. <laughs> yeah. But you, so you Please did, don't. You didn't you didn't you didn't ask um, ask your girl whether she fancied a trip away then to Ukraine, no? I did, but she, <laughs> she was more salute than Kiev and I was more salute than Kiev, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and preferably when there's no football going on. Yeah, that's my that's a something. Well, We'll see what happens on uh, on Thursday. Hopefully, we can continue the yeah. the progress in that. Um, obviously, we've still got our concerns about the league, but Newcastle they come. They're not in the best of form. Beaten by United um, at St James's Park last time out. Beaten by Manchester City the last time they were away from home five nil in embarrassing fashion. Before that, they were uh, they beat they beat um, sorry they drew against Palace and they beat Hull. Yeah. But um, 
the most recent win came over Villa at St James's Park, which was one 0 They're up sort of up and down since um, Pardew's left, aren't they? But they were like that. They were like that under Pardew, though, weren't they? Yeah, they haven't really kicked on or got any worse under Carver, have they? Um, since since Pardew left, they've sort of the teams around us. They've sort of picked up points, but they haven't beaten them. You know, we've just got to believe in our quality. You know, you again, you read off the players in our squads and all that, and we should be well capable of beating Newcastle. Yeah. Well, as we said before, we could beat Kiev and we could beat Newcastle and, you know, by the time we next meet, there's a lot more positivity. Yeah. Let's let's certainly hope so anyway, Mark. Absolutely. It has, been, it has been difficult, hasn't it? I think it's difficult to... Yeah. You can vent and you can have a drink and vent on Twitter and whatever and go to work and sort of get on with it, but yeah. at the end of the day, to sit down and actually pick the bones out of it, well, it, it is difficult, isn't it? It becomes all the more depressing, really, and then, you know we try not to make it just one big long rant. There are we have got to grasp onto the positives, but you know the manager and the players have got to turn this round, and let's hope it's happened this week. Let's hope staying with the Bernard's few home trees wouldn't have gone amiss, and that we turn up against Newcastle, particularly after the Kiev game, uh, looking a far looking the Everton of old. That's all we can hope. Definitely, and I think with um, Newcastle and QPR and the two Kiev games, there's definitely a, a run of fixtures and a bit of a window of hope that we can we can hopefully focus on. As I said, changes to the side, um, a couple of players coming back. Let's hope let's hope they give us the boost for the running because yeah. ultimately, with a couple of wins under our belts, the mood will definitely lift, and we can hopefully still be in Europe and maybe focus on winning a trophy. I mean, that'd be just in everything. reality, there's still a possibility, isn't it? So Absolutely. It would be classic reversal of Everton that to sort of get escape relegation and then top it off by winning the Europa League after months and months of worry. Uh, that would be some <laughs> reward. And, you know, why not? It's, uh, it's possible if the players believe and if the manager gets his uh, formation right, we can go... We can, Achieve what we want. But. So we get beat by Stoke easily, and then we'll beat Roman in the final in Warsaw, right? Eh? It's a total no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah guaranteed. Tim Howard scores the winner. <laughs> Tim Howard comes up, does a Schmeichel at the corner. Yeah, <laughs> right. All the wrongs of this season, and we end up all American the hero. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish Belgium would have beat them five 0 <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we'll leave it at that. We've, we've got oh my God, we've done nearly an hour and a half there. That's oh, the longest ever podcast. Sincerely hope we haven't sent you to sleep. Um, hopefully people have enjoyed listening um, to our depressive <laughs> discussion but um, as I say is the real facts of life uh, what's going on at Everton at the moment so hopefully we'll see a bit of an upturn from now till May anyway any final thoughts Mark? No let's just hope that you know we get a good result against Kiev and then the one that we all want we scrape or we, you know, we do ourselves justice against Newcastle just get over the line just yeah. give us a weekend where I can wake up on a Monday with a smile on my face just once that would be great <laughs> and then basically look into the end of the season get over the line and, yeah. and look to the future so anyway it's been a pleasure to speak to you Mark thank you very much and you Mark and um, we'll, we'll see you again soon thanks for listening bye now ta da ACAST powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.